Hi. Fucking Sober Update. We just reached 100,000 downloads. Not too shabby for a little baby independent project. It's impossible not to go. No ads, no sponsorships, and no networks. All because you guys decided to support us. If this show touched you for any reason and you want to see more of it in the world, make a donation at Venmo, FCKING Sober Podcast, and PayPal by the same name. Suggested donation? $25 a season. And if you don't like this show for any reason and you're still listening, then definitely make a donation so we can make it better for you. And now, Fucking Sober, Season 2. Oh, you know what time it is? Episode 4. Go, 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 Briggsy. It's my birthday. Day 30. We're gonna party like it's my birthday. We're gonna sip a party like it's my birthday. Fun fact. 50 Cent is sober. And you know, we don't put a put a put a put a parade? Yes. It's a surprise birthday car parade. What does that even mean? His friends will drive by, surprise him, and say hello, all from six feet away inside their cars. This is the new COVID birthday tradition in Needham. Parents driving oversized SUVs decked out with birthday signs and balloons, throwing candy at the lonely birthday child as they stand by themselves in the front yard. Well, okay. I guess it's cheaper than the laser tag party last year. This is the best we can come up with for a socially distanced and safe celebration. Briggs turns 13 years old today. Birthdays are one of the many ways I put pressure on myself as a mom. Birthdays need to be perfect, and not just perfect, but unique and better than the years before. Hey, uh, why do I need to blow up all these balloons again? Because you can never have enough balloons. Birthdays are not just a big deal. Great birthdays are a family tradition. I'll never forget my eighth birthday because my dad, the best dad in the world, rented a pony, and I distinctly recall walking up and down our street perched high atop Cupcake, the pony with the pink bow, and I peered down at all of my little friends' wide eyes as they watched me strut around on my chariot, my dad smiling up at me so proud of his little girl. He even let me do a few extra laps on Cupcake because I was the birthday girl, daddy's birthday girl. I needed Briggs to feel that same kind of love, thrill, and excitement on his birthday today. Hey, that's how many presents is he getting here? This is a lot. We didn't buy him too many gifts, especially since we can't even have an actual party for him. All my parents ever did for me was buy me a McDonald's Happy Meal and tell me my hockey equipment from last fall was my only present. I ignore my husband and continue to wrap the special edition Pokemon cards in front of me. Oh, have you heard from your parents? Nope. I haven't talked to my parents in days, but I'll let them know that they can uh, come to the parade later. Yes, good idea. Thank you. Normally, this is the one time of year that we hear from the grandparents all in one day. Matt's parents live a few towns away in Quincy, so we see them a decent amount. But my family is a different story. My parents are now divorced and no longer live in Greenwich, Connecticut, the town that I grew up in. So... My dad lives in Florida with Reggie, his husband of 15 years, and my mom lives alone in New Hampshire in an apartment in a retirement community. 
My oldest sister, Jessica, lives in the same town as my mom, and my other sister, Gracie, is a traveling nurse currently residing in Miami, I think. Especially now during COVID, my family, we just don't talk or see each other that much, except on birthdays. That's an unspoken rule, part of our family tradition, to always wish each other a happy birthday. I don't like to talk about my family, but yes, you heard it correctly. My dad left my mom for another man, his current partner, Reggie, almost 20 years ago now, when I was 18. After that happened, my seemingly secure, happy little world imploded. After that, I feel like I could never rely on my parents or even sisters in the same way. But it turns out I didn't need them. It was about that time, a month after my dad left my mom, that I met Matt in my saran wrap tube top at Trinity. What are you laughing at? He rescued me. We fell in love, and he said he would take care of me forever. Matt became my family, and Trinity was my family. Then my friends. Having children and starting a family of my own became my own primary mission soon after. Mom? So, here we are today. At this point, the balloons have started to spill over into the kitchen. Don't get me wrong, I had a good upbringing. I was actually very lucky. My parents were apparently pretty happily married until I went to college. And for much of my childhood, I was led to believe that my family was as flawless as the exquisitely manicured lawns and tree-lined streets of that distinctly affluent town I called home. But there were signs that there was something underneath. One of my earliest memories from childhood is going on family walks at the country club near our house. I distinctly remember one walk when the afternoon sun set on the dark horizon ahead of us, casting long shadows across the golf course fairway. I pulled my winter hat down tight over my head and stood staring up at the large, impressive homes on the hills above us. I think I see someone. We all stopped walking and looked up the windows of the regal brick home directly in front of us. I pointed to a shadow on the second floor behind the brick exterior. Ah, yes. But those are wolves. They're wearing people's skins. They're just pretending to be human. No one actually lives in any of these homes. The wolves dress up as humans and pretend to live like us. They hide up there in those enormous homes, and they come out only at night. I saw one once. I walked faster, trying to catch up with my sisters ahead of me, keeping my back to the homes behind me. I turned back around one last time to stare into the windows of the homes on the hill, expecting a hairy face of a wolf to be staring back at me. Someday you'll learn. You'll see. People aren't what they appear to be. But I only saw empty darkness. As an adult, I used to wonder, were there really people out there moving through the world disguised as something else? Maybe I could be deceived by what was right in front of me. Did everyone have something to hide? What was my dad not telling me? I later realized there was a whole lot he kept secret. As did my mom, who silently retreated into a bottle of Chardonnay every single night. The glug 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 of wine hitting the glass. Three ice cubes in the tumbler, always three. Never more. Light pink lipstick staining the edge of the rim. I secure the final piece of tape on Briggs's last gift. The kid should be awake any minute now, and he'll want to open these presents as soon as he opens his eyes. 
Looking around my house now, it occurs to me that my parents were just trying to show that they loved me too by shielding me. But in reality, maybe I always sensed something was off. And all I really wanted was some honesty. Have I been acting like a wolf too, disguised and creeping along through my own life? barely hear Poppy apparently buried under a pile of balloons. Grammy just sent a text to wish Briggs a happy birthday and I was just about to call her back. Let's try FaceTiming her. We both make it out of the lagoon of balloons to the kitchen to call Grammy when Briggs pops his head around the corner. Oh. Happy birthday to our teenager. Happy birthday, buddy. We've been waiting for you to wake up so we can have a cupcake. My firstborn. He is a teenager and I begin to tear up. Hello? My 75-year-old mother has her phone pushed up to her cheek, not realizing it's a FaceTime call. Hello? I'm annoyed that she still hasn't figured out how to use her iPhone 7. Mom, FaceTime! Oh, 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 well, hello there. Where is the birthday boy? Oh, there he is. Briggs. Happy birthday. I see Briggs' face light up into a smile. My mom, a stay-at-home mom for my entire childhood, her presence a permanent fixture in the kitchen every day from 4 p.m. on. I can picture her in her element. She is surrounded by the light pink granite countertops of my youth. Our kitchen was the main gathering space in my childhood home, just like it is in our house now. Except my mom liked her privacy when she cooked, so no one was allowed in the kitchen after 4 p.m. while she prepared dinner. Her pleated lime green pants cling to her skinny legs as she leans over the sink and waves me off. Be back before dark. She takes one long, drawn-out sip from her wine. Can I talk to Grammy? Oh, it's my birthday. I can talk to you all at once. Now, what is the plan today? We're having cupcakes for breakfast. I helped decorate the cupcakes, Grammy. Nice and during the middle of the call, my dad's incoming call interrupts. Take a big bite for me. Grampy and Reggie are calling. This is probably good. Get all the family phone calls over with when I have everyone here together. I will let you go. Have a wonderful birthday. Bye, Mom. Love you. I love you all. Taxi, kids! Hi, Dad. Hi, Reggie. Hello! All three kids are gathered around the tiny screen happy of my phone birthday, now. Briggs, they break into a silly rendition of Happy Birthday, singing totally off-key, making the kids giggle. Happy 15th birthday! Uh, I'm 13. All right. Hi, I knew that. Happy 13th. Usually, I pour a glass of wine before calling either of them to help numb the discomfort of dealing with them. To mentally prepare myself for their judgment when they decide they suddenly want a parent again. After my parents' divorce, I pushed them away. But also, both my parents seemed to retreat from me. And I guess, since I was of an adult age, they seemed to stop parenting me. These two people that I placed on a pedestal my entire life became the type of humans who made mistakes. I resented them for it. Have a good day, kids. The kids are all bored with the conversation and begin to dive into a plate of cupcakes. (laughs) Now I'm alone with my dad. Even Reggie has left the room. How's it going with you, sweetie? You being smart? Wearing your mask? Wiping down all your packages still? Yes, we are being smart. It's important to take all precautions. We don't know the long-term... I often want to check the box, completing my daughterly duty for the month. Today, though, I feel compelled to say something meaningful to my father. But I am a month sober. 30 days gone by. It's a big accomplishment. Suddenly, I want to let him know. Make him proud, like he did as he watched me parade around on Cupcake's back. Hey, guess what? I actually have news. Oh, yeah? I stopped drinking. Oh. Yeah.
I stopped drinking alcohol. I'm actually like getting help. I'm doing some support online, getting therapy. I'm good. Wow. Really? And I just wanted you to know. Betsy, I'm so proud of you. That's some really big news. I am really proud of myself, actually. Truly, I mean it. And for a moment, it feels really nice. So proud of you. Especially with all they know about how alcohol leads to so many other cancers, it really is the best decision you can make for your health. You know, Reggie and I don't drink much anymore. Try to work out twice a day, I lift weights on the Cybex machine. Thank goodness we have the pool out back that I use and swim every day or else I lose my mind. (laughs) You know, alcohol is such a toxin. Right. I was really thinking... You drank too much the last time you visited me and Reggie in Palm Beach anyway, so this is probably really good. Much better for you. Okay, well, that's not very productive for me to hear, Dad. Oh. I I have to run now, Dad. We need to celebrate Briggs. Right. Well, I love you. I pressed the end button on the call. And I feel some relief, but like always, I'm left wanting more. I feel defeated by the entire exchange. The hollowness between my father and me seems to echo throughout my quiet, empty hallway. I think about the days before I went away to college. Back in high school, I used to steal cigarettes when my mom ran to the store, and I hid them in a shoebox. When I was alone, I would pull the pack out, turning it over and over again in my hand. I loved smelling it and practicing with the lighter on my bedroom floor. I feared them and obsessed over them. Cigarettes scared me. I never wanted to be known as a smoker. My friends and I teased girls like that, laughing at the groups of teens that hung around outside the movie theater surrounded by a cloud of smoke. Not me. I was better than that. I'd wait for mom to leave and inhale the parliament, expertly blowing the smoke up towards the sky. Eventually, I learned how to blow perfect smoke rings. I watched them float away upward, and a feeling of freedom would momentarily take me away. After a puff or two and feeling like I might pass out, I'd stub the cigarette out and hide it under a rock. My parents never found the pile of crushed cigarettes in our backyard. This habit would manifest years later when my husband would take out my stash of empty vodka bottles at the bottom of our recycling bin every Tuesday night, totally oblivious. I was terrified of getting into trouble with my parents and with Matt, and yet I secretly loved the danger. I craved the dizziness the cigarettes gave me and the buzz the booze gave me, and also craved the fear and exhilaration that caused my heart to pound. I wondered digging into the recycling or tucking the half smoke butt under a rock. Am I going to get caught this time? Who was this person that both wanted to be caught and free to do as she pleased at the same time? Who was this person that loved to have a secret, and yet whose secrets were slowly suffocating her? Was this what my dad meant by the wolves? Am I a wolf? I sit alone on the floor of the hallway, listening to the noises of my children and husband coming from our kitchen. Mommy! Look at this picture Daddy has of Briggs as a baby. (laughs) What did you feed me? I find them all looking at old pictures on Matt's phone of when they were babies. You fed me jelly donuts all day? Oh, yeah. (laughs) 
Look at this. It like, uh, like a little bag of slider rolls. I think about my 30 days of sobriety and realize I'm not the wolf. I want to see pictures of me next. I have let my secret be seen, and it feels good. I can't be the wolf. I smile and settle into the counter stool watching the kids. Ah, look at this. They're clumped around Matt's phone, giggling at pictures of themselves in diapers. And I actually feel really calm. <gasps> Jesus! Bauer pops a balloon. And then another. <laughs> Briggs, Connor, and Poppy gasp and giggle, then laugh uncontrollably. Wait, I want to do it! Briggs pops a balloon, and then they all start popping balloons. <laughs> guys, can you... Hey, Briggs! Hey, Briggs, hey, 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 guys, hey. It's, just, it's really loud, can you... Hey, can you guys fucking stop it? Mom, oh my god. I'm not a wolf anymore, right? I'm not a wolf anymore, right? That was Fucking Sober, episode four, day 30. Head writer for Fucking Sober season two, Betsy, is Kimberly Kearns. Story development by MJ Hova, Dylan Heap, and Katie Mack. Produced and sound designed by Katie Mack. Associate production by Maggie Stiggers and Brianna Janae. Special thanks to Kelly X, Cynthia Wright, intentional sidekick training, Elise Bryson, and Tawny Laura. Episode four features music from Francis Lung, Natalia Zuckerman, Melissa Farrick, and Judah Kim. Intro by Katie Burke. Betsy is played by Kate Siegel, Matt by Otis Gray, Poppy and Connor by Sox Whitmore, Briggs by Brian Fitzgerald, Mom by Linda Storm, Patrick Lillis plays Dad, and Kayla Baron Wells plays Reggie. All of the artists involved with Fucking Sober have their own story with recovery. If you're a fan of Fucking Sober, don't be shy. Share, repost, review, and donate. For more information about the artist and our incredible team, visit our website, fckingsoberpodcast.com. You can stay up to date and see all of the cool things that we are doing on our social media, Instagram, fcking90 underscore podcast, and same name on TikTok. Fucking Sober is not aligned with any recovery groups or organizations, and the views and sentiments expressed here are those of the protagonist and do not reflect everyone's experience with recovery. Thanks for listening. And thanks for helping us to stay sober one day at a time.